0: You're listening to the latest preaching from Brixham Community Church. Part of my bachelor's degree involved learning some philosophy of religion, philosophy of religion. And the word philosophy literally means the love of wisdom. And for the philosophy student, very often um, it's not the experience at all, the love of of wisdom and philosophy the job of philosophy is to clarify arguments and meanings of things and for most philosophy students as i went on to teach philosophy of religion at a level most philosophy students find the opposite to be true it doesn't clarify anything because for every argument there's a counter argument for every thought there's an opposing thought there's a new idea there's something Different to consider, to weigh up, to look at the evidence. Philosophy confusing, right? So that's how wisdom works in the world i just think it's a great example of the world's wisdom just it just shows that um, if you just leave yourself to human wisdom and human understanding you just get um i was going to say raveled as in the opposite of unraveled you get uh, tied up in knots of different confusing thoughts ideas and opposing ideas and and you just can't contain all the information required to come to a satisfactory conclusion when it comes to the big questions in life. So um, we understand then that human wisdom has its limits. And I don't know if every human would accept that to be true. I think most Christians, most God-fearing, Bible-believing Christians would agree that the human wisdom has its own limits. Remember what God says in isaiah chapter 8 as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher and than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts so after we've accepted that human wisdom is unsatisfactory the next step is to conclude god's wisdom is superior that there is a god it is not you and he has all the wisdom you will ever 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 need Um, so yes we accept human wisdom has its its limits And, and because of that we now have to accept that we must surrender to God's ways we have to surrender even when we think we know we're right when our own wisdom measures up to all testing in God's eyes we may still have got it wrong After all, in Proverbs 14, verse 12, it says, There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. I wonder what what forms of human wisdom you think of when you hear those words. A way that appears to be right, but actually leads to death. What do you think of? Pause for a moment. What wisdom in the world looks right, but leads to death? What are your answers? Maybe you could answer in the comment box below. It's really lovely to read someone else's comments when it's someone you actually know. Um, and we haven't really had much uptake on that. And I think it's new technology for a lot of people. Um, the younger generation seem to just be on that already. Um, but if you, if, you, um, if you comment, someone else might see that comment and reply to it. And So what are your thoughts? Well, I thought of a few. Um, <coughs> the first one was money. Money being the ultimate aim in life, the accumulation of possessions. That's one thing that just seems like human wisdom and people will respect that in the world. If you earn money, if you make money, if you're a self-made man. Another piece of human wisdom is just the idea that you've got to look after number one. You've got to look after yourself. Now that is true. Self-care is very important and I've heard of pastors, missionaries, healthcare workers, people who lay down their lives for others, being burnt out. We do have to look after ourselves to an extent, but to make that the number one priority, looking after number one, is a very selfish ambition, a selfish aim. We've got money being the ultimate aim. We've got looking out for number one. I've also um, got one final thought of a way that seems right. And that is just the idea that if it's not scientifically proved, it's not valid. And we've been told during the coronavirus that we are following the science which i've said in a previous video isn't always uh, as clear-cut as you might think because there's more than one viewpoint within the scientific community the idea that things um, can only be scientifically proved if they're to be really valid leads to a follow-on thought: faith is foolishness so if you believe that science is king science is the thing to follow if that's what we're looking at for our truth then faith is foolishness because faith is belief in something that we can't see it's being sure of something we can't see and uh and that's that's a problem that's a problem in our world today we know as christians and we believe that the worst way to seek wisdom is outside of the word of god so over the next few videos i'm going to be looking at the word of god and wisdom In Jeremiah 8, chapter 9, it says, The wise will be put to shame, they will be dismayed and trapped. The wise will be put to shame, they will be dismayed and trapped. Why? Because they weren't wise enough? Because they didn't follow the science? No. Since they have rejected the word of the Lord, what kind of wisdom do they have? And that's God's perspective on wisdom. The problem for those outside the faith is they can't understand that God's foolishness is actually wiser than our greatest wisdom. In in 1 Corinthians 3.18 Paul puts it like this, Do not deceive yourselves. If any of you think you are wise by the standards of this age, you should become fools, in inverted commas, so that you may become wise. So we need wisdom from heaven. Um, James tells us that the wisdom comes from heaven, is pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere, James 3.17. So I want to unpack one particular element of wisdom that I believe is part of God's wisdom, and that is that wisdom waits. One of my earliest memories is when I was taking too long in the bathroom as a child and someone else wanted to get in. I was taking my time to have a wash and, uh, and probably I think I was making some bubbles in the sink and, and blowing some bubbles in my hand and just messing around. We were visiting friends, we weren't at home and um, I, I was unaware that there was one bathroom and two families and I was just having a wash and that was fine and I hear this bang on the door from the other side and it's not mum or dad but it's a different adult voice, it's my parents' friend and she's she's shouting the word, hurry! i probably needed to hear that at that time and that there was an urgency and an intensity in the voice from the other side of the door now what's so good about hurry well what's so good about speed speed is cool isn't it we want super fast broadband we want everything to be fast and slow the word slow in itself has negative connotations oh he's a bit slow <laughs> that doesn't sound good you don't want to be told that people think of you as slow uh, if a film is slow, that's not a good thing. Oh, it's boring. It's a bit slow. If your car is slow, that's not that's not good. If you get stuck behind uh, a farm vehicle on a on a narrow road, you end up slow. What is so good about slow? But actually, in what we think of as cool and fast, God isn't always impressed with. And sometimes hurry is of the devil. It's just something that speeds us up so much we forget God and we forget ourselves. And Although I probably needed to hear that message when I was in the bathroom as a child, making soap bubbles when everybody else was waiting for the bathroom. There are still today, if you like, voices at the door saying, hurry! And even more so at times, voices inside the door of my mind saying, hurry up, John, hurry up. I wonder if you're the same. Do you ever feel hurried? There's a philosopher who called Dallas Willard who referred to hurry as the great enemy of spiritual life in our day. Hurry is the great enemy of spiritual life in our day. And his message was to ruthlessly eliminate hurry. Well I hope that video was helpful to you. I decided to pull the plug there and I went on to talk about the next part of my thinking which. I felt like it would be good to pause and not hurry into the next section, and we'll use that next week. So, for now, let's, um, after that abrupt ending, let's just reflect for a moment on the idea that God's wisdom is not like ours. And one example of that is that in God's kingdom, slow is often prioritized over speed slow more than speed and i just want you to spend this week reflecting on the idea that maybe there are areas in your life my life you don't have to reflect on my life there may be areas in your life where god is asking you just to slow down to pause and if we are to do what dallas willard called ruthlessly eliminating hurry is there some ruthless weeding out of activity or of thought patterns or something else that god is just tugging on your heart right now to say i want you to i want you to examine that and there are some things that need rooting out that take time big weeds that have been allowed to grow for a long time sometimes for a generation you gotta you gotta do a lot of spade work so this this in itself is a slow process i want to just pray for you now as i also pray for myself lord i thank you that in your economy you've got all the time in the world and more And what you call us to do and the lives you call us to live are often at a different pace from the world's setting, from the the pace the world sets. I just pray that you would help us on this spiritual journey to find your pace, to find your rhythm. And as we start to think about how you can't hurry love and that we need to surrender to your agenda I just pray that you would speak deep, Lord, that you would pour water deep into our soul and nourish us so that we live lives that demonstrate peace, that demonstrate your love, that demonstrate your joy because we're not in a rush. I just pray, Lord, for the the, the following videos that are going to come out over the next few weeks, Lord, that you would just minister through them and as we watch together, Lord, that you would make changes on the inside that you would tinker with the settings on our hearts and change the whole direction of our lives just because of a few uh, changes that you've made Lord. Father God I pray that whoever is watching right now will be blessed Lord that your face would shine upon them that you would give them grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit brixham.church